Welcome to Real Deep Stuff. We've saved your seat at the table for this conversation. We're so glad you're here. Then we got to go to a really special, special lunch. Would you like to describe that yummy, delicious lunch we had? <laughs> yes, it was like, it was kind of almost seemed like a pot roast and potatoes, but it was veal, which I had never had. It was the most tender, delicious meal, probably the best one on the trip. The potatoes were perfect, like perfectly cooked. And this fresh spinach that was wilted in it, that was yummy. And they I'll had, trust um, you on that one. <laughs> I took your spinach. <laughs> I will, hey, I'm there for you. I got your back. I will always take your spinach. <laughs> and uh, we got to try the wine, which that they're known for. But it was so cool that it was a local restaurant and it was like family style eating. And remember the big party that was there, I think for a, a little girl's like either first communion or um, confirmation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's taking pictures and I, we just felt kind of like locals. That was so fun. That was a nice meal. We didn't feel hurried. It was really nice. Um, yeah. And then we went to the dessert cafe, which was another surprise. We didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like sugar overload. Cause I think eggs and sugar were the main ingredient in every single dessert. Yes, yes, we learned all about the history for that, that the sugar, almonds, egg yolks, and most flour are the basics because the nuns using the egg whites to make the communion wafers. And so they were finding ways to not waste the egg yolks. And, and now they have found like an unlimited way to make desserts with those four <laughs> ingredients. The dessert sausage was really cool. I think I liked that one the most just because it was different. Yeah, I like that one. And then I don't know what that, it wasn't a liquid what that one that both of us brought back home, I don't know what that was, but I like that one too. It looks like a jar of jam, but it doesn't taste like jam at all. Like like uh, the eggs, yolk, the egg yolks like really cut the sweetness. So we were given just little Demi Toft spoons with it, but um, I, the one, the jar that I brought home, we bought uh, Petridge Farm little shortbread cookies and like dipped them with it. That was really good. It's, it was, all, it's almost impossible to describe how it tastes. <laughs> just delicious yeah <laughs> yeah then we took a tour we, we got to try like eight different desserts that was so special and fun they had a table ready for us for our whole our group of nine and it was so fun and we took a tour of the monastery across the street and then we got to have like 30 minutes at this pop-up community festival with a farmer's market that was like glorious wasn't that fun that was fun I mean there was you know I'm sure we looked a little like out of place there but you know it didn't feel like it it was just so much fun everyone it was just lots of families there oh, like the families were there with bumper boats and face painting and then the older generations were sitting at tables passionately discussing whatever they were discussing <laughs> and we ran and got our picture taken with Mr. Tooth walking around and it was, I was just Oh my gosh, it was so fun. We felt like truly an immersion experience because it was outside of any big city and we just kind of stepped into what they were already doing and the farmer's market, oh my gosh, the the fruit and the vegetables was just unbelievable. They were huge and cherries as far as the eye could see. It was just, it was so fun. And and then we took it like an hour and a half drive back and that was just, what a day, what a day. I think most of our van slept on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> it was a it was quiet. a workout day. I mean, thankfully, I think we were fully prepared for that walk. We didn't know was happening, <laughs> yes. and because we had been on the Camino and all of that, so I think we were, you know, prepared for that. But it was still we weren't expecting it. And when the Camino ended, like, oh man, our rings on our watch is gonna be yelling at us, like, move, 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 and then we're like, okay, well, closed our rings today. <laughs> or something they kept going now you get this because I and I don't know that I really our group knew much about it either so it was just a delightful day I loved every minute of it it was just one of my favorite days of the whole trip so that was pretty cool and if we talk about trips oh we took that one other day tour um to Sintra a town and then to a palace and then how would you describe that, like, most Western point? I never say it right. Well, most Western point I, Western point of Europe, I think. Okay. Or is it, was it the Western Hemisphere? I thought. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was the Hemisphere. Cause, and she remember she told us, she's like, it's really, really windy. <laughs> yes, I remember that one picture. <laughs> the Medusa picture? Yes. <laughs> I was going to delete it. You're like, send it to the guys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's just not exactly not. It's flattering. <laughs> I mean, literally our hair is like in a wind tunnel and people were literally struggling to stay upright and walk. It was, it was insane, but that was pretty cool. And then the cool. sand was pelting our legs. It like really hurt. Yeah, we got a free exfoliation on that little part of the trip. <laughs> it was like sandpaper rubbing all over your skin, whatever it could touch. And uh, we got to see what they call uh, Portugal's mini um, Santorini, that little tech coastal town. That was pretty cool. And that was a fun day. It was another full, like, nine-hour day. And the palace was neat and all the intrigue and you know, scandal behind the history of that and help. And it was spooky because it was all foggy. I guess that area of Portugal has very unpredictable climate. And she was like, this is pretty typical where it's like sunny in Lisbon and all those, but yet here it looked like, like the dead of winter. It wasn't as cold as winter, but like you, it was so foggy. We couldn't see anything until we But it was cold because it was the one Mm -hmm. time we didn't bring our jacket because we said we always bring it and never need it. So we didn't bring it and we (laughs) needed it. At least I did. We also, we were like, we, we've carried these dumb ponchos around all over Spain and Portugal and we're going to lighten our pack and we get to see our first stop and it pours down rain. <laughs> so that was that. And then, so we bought cheap umbrellas and we didn't expect them to like last a lifetime, but, but yours had a particularly short <laughs> lifetime. Would you like to tell about that? <laughs> yes, we were making one last pit stop before we got back on in the van. And so I hung them up in the in the restroom and well, it didn't stick. So it was either save my backpack or the umbrella. And I chose my backpack. The other one landed in the trash and I was not digging it out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird you walk into a stall with two things, you come out with one, I'm like, what happened in there? <laughs> 
but, but it, the thing is, it's, it's not really a proper hook. It's just like this little rod that sticks out because my stall had the same thing. And I hung my pack on it and my pack was, was heavier than yours. And it immediately like slipped right off. And in this moment of panic, I just <laughs> took the backpack midair. I wish someone had caught this on video because I was still standing <laughs> fully dressed. It was like falling right into the hole of the toilet. And I just oh. took it midair and I smacked the backpack to the wall of the stall and then grabbed with my right hand and then I grabbed it with my left hand or else my phone would have been the demise like your umbrella because it was in the very outer pocket. First time ever the whole trip, the whole time that I didn't have it in a zippered pocket. First time because I was just going to go to the bathroom real quick. And I all I could see was my phone falling into the toilet. And I was like, that is oh. not happening on my watch. <laughs> so I actually hurt my, uh, my, my right elbow was already wrenched. And it was my right arm that grabbed that thing midair and smacked it. And I was like, <laughs> I think I just really hurt my elbow. <laughs> so, but I saved everything. So that was, so your, your umbrella lasted not even a day. No. <laughs> Mine came home with me, but I'm pretty sure the first time a, a big gust of wind comes, it's gonna it's gonna like implode. But it's okay. So we we uh, trip was a little different because it was raining. We that was the only time that we were like stuck by weather, like darting in and out of stores. Only time out of three weeks. So that's not too bad. Can't complain. But yes, we were cold. It was windy. It was like uh, not. Not rainy at the palace, but so dewy and humid that it made you wet. You know, it's mm-hmm. just. It, but like she said, that uh, although it's not always that bad, it also could be worse. So we were like, well, you get what you get. So uh, that that tour is nice. She was really fun. So if we circle back to the Camino, we started talking um, quickly about like the packing, like we what we would and would not have brought, and um, I think you know, I could have definitely, because you and I want to do it again, right? Right, yes. <laughs> the um, the guy that gave me my certificate, he says, the rule of thumb is you do the Camino once, and, and you're not done. Um, so most people come back and do it a second time. He goes, after the second time, about half the people are at that point satisfied, like they did it, they could check it off their list and move on. The other half will come, will continue to do them. And I think that's true for a lot of Europeans that just can get there easier by bus, mm-hmm. train, whatever, you know, weekend of hiking, um, whatever. So uh, it's true. We're not done. We got bit by the Camino bug and we have to go back and I will pack lighter next time, maybe one extra outfit to kind of elongate laundry days but not so many creature comforts that I thought I needed because I was like, well, medicine's different in Europe. And I, again, I'm sensitive. I know it works and I just didn't need to bring, I guess I was preparing that I was going to catch everything possible. (laughs) So I was like short of a snake venom removal thing. I pretty much had everything else. So, um, Well, I found it interesting that how long I could go without certain toiletries. I mean, went three weeks without hairspray and in Texas, everybody uses hairspray. (laughs) So I didn't use it for three weeks and I, I don't know. I don't, 
I mean, my hair was pretty much in a, in a clip every day, but yeah, <laughs> it, you were blessed with great hair. I thought I had brought a travel size of hairspray because I bought it without looking closely. The first time I get to our first hotel or albergue in, in Spain and I looked down, I'm like, oh, it's mousse. That is not hairspray at all. <laughs> so I had mousse hair, but no hairspray. <laughs> but your hair looked good and mine looked like a hot mess. <laughs> I told you that my hair was like that unwanted relative that joined itself <laughs> on our trip. <laughs> so thankful for the last minute, very last second before I left to go to the airport from North Carolina, I threw in my my trusty baseball cap and that stayed on my head most of the time. I don't know what I would have done without it. So that was that was the saving grace of my pride. But yeah, I bought yeah. one. <laughs> you did. <laughs> So there, yeah, there's definitely some packing things to learn, but, um, but talking about coming back home, like for, as far as reacclimating, what have you found has been like the easiest or most difficult thing about reentering real life? Um, I was surprised how quickly I just adjusted back into my normals, like, you know, on the Camino, you kind of have a schedule, but it's like you're only taking care of yourself. You're not worrying about, you know, keeping up the house or anything like that and all your daily rituals. But I was surprised how quickly I got back into that. Wow. Lucky you. <laughs> I'm jealous. I went through this. We've been home a week and I got to say a full six days of just, I wouldn't call it pouting. I wouldn't call it that, but grieving. Like I just missed a lot of things about what, what we had there and uh, kind of back to reality. I know like we've just in our personal life, we have a lot of moving parts right now and that those keep me up at night. So it was kind of like, Oh boy, buckle up buttercup back to reality with all of that stuff, you know, but um I, I I loved my routine at home, but I didn't miss it while I was there. Oh, I and didn't either. No, yeah. And and I kind of feel like now that I'm home, I kind of miss the simplicity of what it was. I was so happy to be back, of course, with friends and family. Um, but yeah, the reality kind of bites. <laughs> it's like, okay, back to, you know, I had, I had a, almost a month's worth of emails and paper mail and all kinds of stuff to catch up on. I don't, and you, you take that little wonder drug to help you with jet lag, but I'm too scared to try. Well, and, I messed uh, it up on the way back. I didn't take it properly. So it okay. did take a while to adjust coming back, but yeah. Okay. How long would you say before you felt right side up again? I'd say probably a, two days. I had my first good night's sleep last night, which is a week. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an overachiever. And I'm an underachiever. So I was waking up at 4.15 and 4.22, like every morning. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I just, oh, I'd lay there until you get a headache and start thinking about things. So, um, and then it would stretch to like, oh, I stayed asleep till 5 a.m. today. <laughs> so it took it literally last night because I wear the Freestyle Libre glucose monitor. I'm not diabetic. I'm not even pre-diabetic, but it, they'd have to go back and listen to mental health and blood sugar. 
to why I wear this. And, and I will say I'm proud to and excited to say last night was the first night I had normal numbers since before uh, we left. So that's really? good. I guess I guess something oh. in my body finally reset. Yeah, for sure. I didn't mention um, earlier on this podcast that the first night that we got there, since we had an overnight flight and we were ahead of six hours and just all upside down, that my blood sugar monitor crashed ten times that night. You slept like a <laughs> rock. You were like dead. <laughs> I was looking at you like. I hate you right now. <laughs> I was up the entire, every time I would fall asleep, beep, 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 but I was like, I almost ripped the thing out of my arm. I was like, if this thing goes off one more time. So I'm getting up and I'm like eating half an apple and then I'm eating a meat stick and then I'm eating whatever nuts and standing in the bathroom of a hotel, which is not ideal to be eating. And I'm just sitting there like almost in tears going, what else do I have to put in my mouth to stay asleep? And, and on the 10th time it crashed, it actually went so low. It, did, it said out of range and it gave me the words, uh, the, the letters L-O, low. I've never gotten that in all these months of wearing it. It, it something bad happens to jet lag in Christie's body mm -hmm. when when I'm losing time like that. I didn't have that on the way back. I just couldn't sleep. But um, my blood sugar didn't crash at all when I got back. But but now I know this thing has been so educational to say like, okay, if I'm going to be going anywhere in the world where it's it's a, it's been almost 24 hours of travel, and then you know you're ahead of your clock, body clock. I'm going to have to do something to offset that. And um, I remember shaking the blender bottle of my whey protein <laughs> in the bathroom trying not to wake you. But you were sleeping so, you were like Snow White, just sleeping. And I was like, can I have what you're having? <laughs> but I really was happy for you. Like I genuinely, because I was like, listen, we, you, you were like, I feel bad. I'm like, no, both of us can't be down at the same time. One of us has to be up. <laughs> so like, good, I'm glad you slept. You can make the decisions for the day. Don't let me sign any legal papers because I'm out of my mind right now. Just stuffing my face with Santiago cake at that buffet breakfast, trying to put anything in me to get me going. That was rough. That particular moment was rough, but um, very happy that you were on the ball. So we don't, you know, wind up falling off the face of the earth. So, okay. So that the next question I was thinking would be fun would be what are some takeaways from the Camino particularly if, if anyone's interested or curious because that a lot of people that I personally know have never heard of it or they've maybe heard of a movie made about it but they just had they just didn't really know and so they're they're at, they want they're curious and they just want to know more more about it I personally have friends now that are interested in going and doing it which is like awesome so what are some takeaways that you would say? I have, I wrote down a whole list, but um, I talk a lot. So I thought I'd let you go first. <laughs> well, I would say definitely anyone can do it. We saw people all stages of life, all different physical abilities. So I would say anyone can do it. You just measure, you know, if some, you know, they want to just do a bunch in one day. I don't care how physically fit you are I would not recommend that just because you can't enjoy it but you know we saw people that they kind of looked really out of shape but they were doing it breaks and walking sticks and all of that but they were doing it and we we were just so stoked for them just cheering them all the way and people that were literally well not literally twice our age they were like in their upper 80s doing it so yeah anybody can do it for sure you can walk you can do it 
What else? Oh, what else? What else? How about I'll read my list and then okay. you might find some things to add in. So I put, and this is, it's, it's taking a page out of another person, another pilgrim. When uh, we got to a place every day, we seemed like we were jockeying um, with the same pilgrims walking. It's weird. And like the next day, it'd be a different group of people, but you just kind of keep seeing the same people. Like you pull off to for a pit stop or, or Cafe Con Leche or just whatever. And then you just kind of keep passing back and forth the same people. And, and one guy, I remember got to a cafe before us and I said, oh, you beat us. And I was just joking around. And he just looked, he was an old, older than me. And he looked at me and he was, cause I was kidding, but he looked at me seriously and kindly. And he said, every Camino journey is its own. There's no comparing here. And I was just like, I did not know I was going to meet this wise sage Yoda today. <laughs> okay. I don't so remember I, that part. I don't think you were standing with me. I think you were getting your coffee and I was holding <laughs> the table. <laughs> I was a good table holder. <laughs> and, uh, and I just thought, thank, I was like, thank you for reminding me of that. I appreciate that. So every journey, Camino journey is its own and no comparing. And then um, to that point to go at your own speed, whatever that speed is, um, set a goal and complete it, whether that be like, you know, how many days you're going to do it in or how far you want to go or any personal, like maybe there's certain amount of photograph landscapes you want. I don't know how many people from other countries you're going to Anyway, it's fun to set a goal and complete it. Prepare ahead. We were walking for months ahead of this. We were, you know, getting our, our shoes broken in. We were buying our wool socks, that kind of stuff. Prepare ahead for sure. Um, be flexible and open to adjusting the plan as needed for any type of reason. It could be weather, health, whatever. Food. Um, just food. <laughs> be flexible with the food. <laughs> Accommodations, <laughs> no AC. <laughs> no AC, flooding in the bathroom, you know, just, you know, things you don't plan on because really, truly, I think it's not so much what happens that can ruin a trip, but our reaction and response to it. And that's true in anything in life. It's really our attitude that makes or breaks something. I mean, sometimes things, just horrible things happen, but other times more likely it's, it's things that are like annoying or disappointing in my opinion, that can really, you know, throw a wrench in things. But I learned like it's my response to that that's going to be whether or not I've had a good time. So you and I just laughed our heads off the whole way through, even when we wanted to cry with like the whole bathroom flooding in that one place we stayed. And that, that was not comfortable to stay in as far as the smells and stuff like that. But but we started laughing about it like immediately and, and it made it doable. Um, another one would be to heed other people's advice. So when, when that guy in the laundromat, Chicago, <clears throat> when Chicago said, Hey, you know, you should get these calm peak things for your feet, these special bandages. And we ran across the street and bought them. We're like, well, we don't really need them, but we'll buy them. We wound up using them. And I'm like, thank you, Chicago. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was great advice. So heed other people's advice. You know, like, I don't know it all. I'm the first person to say that. And so I welcome other people's um, input and then savor the moment and that and that goes along with the next one would be don't blow through it. And I'm thinking of the fairy forest when you and mm-hmm. I stopped just to really gaze at such a beautiful forest. And two bikers, uh, a couple, a male and a female went by and she actually circled back on her bike and stopped and took pictures. And I think had we not been standing there looking at it, saying how pretty it was, I think she wouldn't have even seen it, like it caught her attention. 
So I think you and I did a good job of, of taking our time and really um, taking it all in and not be so goal driven. Like, you know, you want to set a goal, but not so driven that like everything else is just, you know, flying by and not seeing it. And that goes to the next point, which would be enjoying all the senses you and I with our, everything we saw, heard, tasted, smelled, touched, not all the smells were great. <laughs> when we went through farmland, that was a challenge. <laughs> the <Yep>. dairy farm. <laughs> Always seemed to be early in the morning. <laughs> Always. Everything was nice and fresh, if you know what I mean. That was awesome. And that time with the flooded bathroom, I still giggle when I think about, and I'm sorry, it's not, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. That I've never seen you dry heave so much. <laughs> in one period of time you're just like oh just like <laughs> when we went to leave that morning and it's a key lock and you were trying to do the key and you couldn't get it you're holding your breath <laughs> it was like the crack of dawn like so other people were still sleeping we're in the hallway fussing with this lock and you were just like it was like it was like the room was on fire because you were like just go run <laughs> you just started running down the hall you're going to pass out because you hadn't taken a breath. I just was going to pee myself laughing so hard. You're just, the way you were running in your face and your sound, you were just like, save yourself. I think I'm always going to laugh about that moment. <laughs> it was so funny. All right. So, so yes, even the bad senses, we got to, we got to like enjoy everything. Um, so that another one would be to be open to try new things and meet new people, which I think we've talked about, which is so important and to stay grateful and don't complain. I'm so blessed that I was with a traveler that just never complained. I mean, even when it was like, it was hot or we were thirsty or the smell wasn't so great from the animals, you didn't complain. And I mean, complaining, it's just, it just drags us down. And so I think both of us tried hard to not do that um, in the moments where we could have. And we, I think we stayed grateful for the opportunity because even when you know, even when, oh my gosh, even when we were in Plaza de Rey and we're walking on the sidewalk and I stepped in that giant pile of something <laughs> to the point where I slipped and almost fell. And I was like, what was that? We still can't figure out what body that came from. <laughs> what, what was that? Did you ever get like, it out of your shoe? No, <laughs> I'm going to have to do a little homework on that. But even when I slipped like that, I, I still found humor. And I was like, but guess what? We're in Plaza de Rey. Like, bang. Like, this is so awesome. Even when I'm stepping in a giant pile of something, this is awesome. And then another one, a couple of left, other things that I wrote were ask for help. Never be afraid to ask for help. Um, on the Camino, it's very important. Like, when you and I would be at a crossroads the Camino would have two different directions left or right and we're like I don't know my first reaction was let's just wait till someone comes by and ask them maybe they know you know and just ask like how far to the next restroom or whatever just ask for help and then also in turn be willing to help others when the day we got off trail and someone called us back well, then it was our turn, our last day of walking, where the guy in front of us clearly went to the left when he should have gone to the right. We got to return the favor and say, hey, dude, <laughs> wrong way. So, you know, <laughs> being willing to help others um, and trust your judgment, where whether it's where we're putting our next footstep because it's rocky, you know, road or it's slippery or something, um, or just 
uh, knowing when to call a day a day, you know, yeah, we could have stayed up on our phones all night watching things, but we chose to go right to bed. And that led to a cheerful morning the next morning. Like we're very disciplined about that. So trusting your judgment and then appreciate the little things. Like we'd stop literally to smell the roses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just appreciate like every milestone that would, you know, would go down in another 10,000 increment. Like now you have 79,000, now 60,000 kilometers. It was, we, we celebrated. We're like, yay, we're that much closer. Uh, a pre, uh, that was that. And then push yourself. We each, I think, had moment, mental, physical, or emotional moments where we had to kind of push through walls. And I think we did that pretty well. Um, we had like one more, that day four, the angry episode. <laughs> like I was after an hour and a half of me stewing about that. I was like, how are you? You're like, I'm good. I said, what have you been listening to? You're like, I just put on my praise and worship. I'm like, well, that's an angelic response. <laughs> I have chosen to walk and be angry. <laughs> but we were both choosing different ways to let it go, which we did. So end result was good. Uh, and then enjoy the ride. Enjoy every single moment of it. I, I really, truly, every single moment, even the the tough day three, the full incline day, that was just so, it, the the sweet reward of accomplishing that was just really super fun. Um, so enjoy the ride. So those are my takeaways from the Camino. Would you have anything to add to that? I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, that was really good. What would be your takeaways from the entire trip, all all inclusive? I don't want you to feel put on the spot. I'll do my first. Okay. So, okay. Uh, would be plan and then do it. <laughs> Make a plan, work the plan. Like you and I started a year ago talking about it. And we had to talk about it for months, just talking about it before we could actually like funnel down to like decision making. Um, don't let life stop you. There will always be something at home in your personal or work life that would be reason enough not to go. And that means we'd never go and do anything. So don't let life stop you as far as you can control that. Um, try new things, which we have talked a lot about what we've done, food and experiences. Stay open-minded. Um, that is very important, I think, to keep that positive perspective on things, just to stay open-minded about the people we meet, the things we do, where we go, and get in shape. We we planned ahead, and um, well, my back is a whole separate entity, but but head to toe, we were good at the end. Like, the walk was not a problem. I mean, we then went on to do the equal amount of miles all over Portugal, so clearly, you know, we uh, planned ahead to get in shape. Um, expect things to go wrong, whether it be my luggage getting checked unexpectedly, uh, losing one of my very favorite earrings that I still have to now figure out how to find that pair again online somewhere. Uh, whatever it was, you know, things will go wrong. Like, you know, your luggage, your um, umbrella falling in the garbage <laughs> and just expect it. Things are going to go wrong. And then uh, that way we've kind of walked through that and been like, well, ahead of time, just be like, whatever's going to happen is it is what it is. And we'll work with it and we'll be fine. Um, stay flexible, which is part of that. Just stay so flexible. Wet noodle, wet noodle. That's what I hear in my mind. Laugh, 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 laugh. Laugh everything off. Listen to your body. Um, it will tell you what you can and can't do for that day or that moment. 
immerse yourself in other cultures, just lean into it. Don't try to bring whatever culture you're from, like we're from America. So I'm not going to just impose my Americanism on wherever I am. I'm going to leave that behind, take my patriotism with me, but leave it behind and say, how do you guys do it here? I want to do how you do it. And um, as long as it doesn't compromise my faith, I'm all in. So immersion is very important. Stay on budget. Um, there were times, you know, once we were done with the Camino part and we were in Portugal, we could have just kept on shopping. That would have been easy because there were beautiful <laughs> things to buy, but yeah. we were very budget conscious. Um, and like I flew over there with frequent flyer miles and you were so generous to use your family's hotel points for us. Like that was just, there were ways that we trimmed edges and that made it really, po and, and doing the, um, the travel service was an all-inclusive, like one price meant breakfast and dinner every, you know, every night stay and taking our luggage. So we didn't have to worry place to place what it was going to cost, which was a huge load off our mind because then we didn't have to carry cash and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would also say digital and hard copies of tickets, itineraries and documents to come with both. I know you and I with our bus tickets, our train tickets, whatever it was, we even printed out each of us like 50 pages that the travel service sent us <laughs> of the itineraries, what, what each town is like. We had all of that with us, hard copy and digital in case something happens, in case a phone gets stolen or broken or, you know, like one of the transportation things, you had to have a paper ticket, not a digital ticket. So I, I just found it good to do both. Um, trust yourself, but surprise yourself with trusting your limits or stretching your limits. So trust yourself. Like, you know, we're not going to lose our heads to have lifelong regrets about something, but also be willing to stretch our limit a little bit um, to try something new that maybe we wouldn't have done in our daily life. Um, two more things I have would be to be a traveler, not a tourist. I find the word tourist very insulting and offensive to me. I don't ever want to be called a tourist. I want to be a traveler where you just kind of quietly slip in and join the culture you're in and fully enjoy it for what it is. And lastly would be always be ready and willing to help others. And there were times where we got to do that. We, and it was really great. I, I have a friend, I've said it before, where his, his motto in life is if you see a need count to three and if no one else, cause it can't be you all the time being Superman. There's no one person. <laughs> Jesus was the only one person that could save the world. So if there's a need, and you see it, like count to three, and if no one else sees it, then it was meant for you. So like always being willing to help. What would you add to that? I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little time to sit and contemplate. So. <laughs> I, I totally agree with all of that. That is, yes, that is all. Yeah. Well, then how do you think the Camino compares to a vacation? I think it's all how you look at it. Because I still consider it a vacation because you're leaving all your stuff at home behind. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a gift that we got to go. So is it a little, I mean, a lot of times on our vacation, you know, we're always doing something. We don't just sit at the hotel. So, but I still consider it a vacation. It may have just been a more physical vacation, but I mean, I enjoyed the walk, the daily walking on the trail. And, you know, it just makes you think that 
you know, of course we did the relaxed version, but people back in biblical times, they walked everywhere. <laughs> it's just not a thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with you completely. A couple of things that I thought about was um, when people typically think of a vacation, it's like, well, let's go to the beach and then you get to hotel at the beach and then you go down to the beach and play in the sand and that kind of thing. So I think, I think a, a, for a lot of times it's, it's less active than more. So I would say the, Com the Camino was more active than a typical vacation um, unless there's intentional things planned, like you said, because you guys, I know, have done the cruises that have the excursions and all of that. And that's awesome. But I know Bruce wants me to do that one day. I'm trying to, I'm trying to gear myself <laughs> up to be on a boat because I get kind of swimming in the head. But anyway, so um, I would say uh, one of the things that was maybe a downside versus a vacation that like, you know, we plan and control and go do would be limited food options. Like we mm. were just, given a choice of three things every single day. Beef, but we pork, began chicken. to like that when we had to make our own choice. It was very hard. We were completely lost. I was like, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> Just order for me. I don't care. <laughs> and then one thing was um, you can't, when you're doing the travel service, you cannot switch up the plan. Like that luggage is going ahead to that place and you got to get there <laughs> by, by foot or taxi. You have to be at this place. So there's, uh, you know, less flexibility to change it up. And and that's saying because we have this weird RV life where we can be very flexible. We, if we like a place, we can stay longer or leave in 10 minutes, you know, so it's not so much if you're using like the plan. Um, the good things about it that I would say over a vacation is that you get to achieve goals, you know, finishing the Camino, which is a vacation. I, I don't really, I mean, there's, there's things that we might want to see, like points of interest or hikes we might want to take. But this was like a legit goal where we have a piece of paper that shows we did it. So getting to achieve a goal and then having surprise adventures along the Camino that we just could never have thought would happen because we've never done it before. That was, that was a big plus. Um, and it's definitely healthier because like you said, you're walking all day, every day. It's so much healthier than just kind of laying on the beach or around a pool. Mm -hmm. But I did not feel like it was a working vacation. I did not. I felt it was just way, way better. The walking was not strenuous. The, the, the incline day was difficult, but it gave a, a really great reward. I felt like at the end, I was like, I feel like Superwoman. <laughs> like, <we did> this. <laughs> so yeah, those are kind of the, maybe the pluses and minuses, I think, of it compared to just like a typical go to Disney World or something like that. Um, let's see, we have a couple more minutes. So maybe I would ask you, how do you think doing the Camino has grown you in any way? Um, I think a lot of it, you know, I struggle with, um, now that both kids are in college, you know, one thing that always was heavy on me was, um, parenting so you know I downloaded some books and listened to them and um, you know listened to what God had to say and there's you know it it just going there it eliminates a lot of distractions that you have at home to where you can really listen and reflect so that that was huge for me wrestle out some things that 
that you brought on your mind and uh, kind of untie some of those knots. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, I really liked the physical challenge. And I know with, again, that that weird RV life that we do is is very physical. We do a lot of hiking and that, and RVs themselves are physical work. Everything takes more physical effort than being at home. But I realized that I really want more of my quote vacations to be physically challenging. And you and I talked about that. We were dreaming about some future fun things to do that involve physical challenges because, you know, we, we are still young, but as we age, Lord willing, uh, we want to continue to stay in our best health. And I think you and I saw that doing a physically challenging centered vacation was really great and it was fun and in itself was relaxing because the body's doing what it was born to do move you know and we slept good at night you know after the first night for me (laughs) but but it's like we worked hard played hard slept hard which was really cool also I really enjoyed reconnecting with nature that's been actually one of the hardest things for me being home has been to be inside I got so used to being outside, even in Portugal, we'd have breakfast and then we wouldn't come back till after dinner and we were just outside and I'm walking around the house. Like it's so dark in here. I feel, I feel the walls around me (laughs) (laughs) because we lived outside. We did except for sleeping. And I love that. I love reconnecting with nature. Um, I have a new appreciation for the family and friends that I miss. Of course, we come back. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I want to see you. Like, I want to see my kids. Two of them live out of state. It makes me miss them more. Um, and now doing this, I, I think I could, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think I probably could in saying, like, let's set new goals. We accomplished a goal, and that's now given me new energy to go, okay, what's the next goal? Would you agree? Definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, new dreams. We, this was a crazy plan. We just started kind of lightly talking about a year ago and we did it so it's like wow okay what else do you want to dream up it also gave me a new independence I had never traveled overseas without my husband I've traveled a lot of places overseas as you have but neither one of us without our husbands and we did it and uh, we did it we navigated a lot I mean canceled uh the canceled train and just lots of different things that came up we all handled it <laughs> which taxi to get in and which way to go on the Camino and it was two different directions yeah we did it and, and I never thought that we couldn't but we simply had not done that so that everyone has to have a first for something and that was our first time a uh, different language you know in Spain for sure there was more of a language barrier and yeah we did it and we're like huh look at that we we didn't get lost we didn't disappear <laughs> <laughs> we came home with all of our arms and legs and we're good. <laughs> we're healthy. Um, so a new independence for sure. And for me, uh, on the same lines as you, some inner healing with um, some of my own stuff and that God and I worked and wrestled out on, on the Camino. And I'll share more about that on another podcast. So definitely some inner healing. It's just, it's, it's true that when you get close to nature, you get closer to God because he created everything. So yeah, so this has been so fun and I want to respect our time. Um, Is there anything you want to add before we close? Um, If there's something that you want to do in life, go for it, do it. 
yeah and which I think you said before so yeah stuff out of it <laughs> just do it and then you have a great story to tell and personal growth and great memories and I just couldn't have asked for a better travel partner you were just a rock star and thank you for being so fun and I had the time of my life and I can't wait to do another adventure with you me too I mean that was the most time we had spent together non-stop and I think we were great travel partners. Ditch me like day one because <laughs> I, I try not to be extra. Just extra follows me sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's going to be calling Bart going, eject, eject, get me out of here. And you didn't leave me. So thank you. <laughs> I told him the same thing. I said, we travel great together. Even when we stayed in the same bed, remember we checked into one hotel and they're like, this was in Portugal and it was so sweet for y'all to share your hotel points. And they're like, we gave you the deluxe room. And I was like, cool. I don't know what that means. So we went in there. We're like, oh, it's a king bed. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) That was funny. I was like, well, we just leveled up, Michelle. (laughs) That was really, we had a good laugh about that. But well, thank you so much first for being willing to dream this crazy dream with me and then go do it with me. And you absolutely were a rock star. And thank you for your time with all these podcasts. I really, really appreciate it. It just is so much more fun hearing your memories and your perspective. And it was both of us there. So it felt fair to have both of us represented. And I mean, I've, I've asked you to do this, what, 10 times now. And I really <laughs> appreciate it. So I can't wait to have you back on again for our next adventure. So we're going to have to get to work on dreaming about what that will be. Yes. All right. Well, everybody have a great day. Like Michelle said, if you have a dream in your heart, just go do it. Do it today. Go start planning today. There's your homework. (laughs) All right, Michelle. I hope to see you soon. We're across the country from each other, but miss you guys and hope we can see you in person soon. Yes. See you soon. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Real Deep Stuff. Follow us and subscribe to save your seat at the table for the next conversation. Also, check out our Facebook page to continue the conversation on today's topic. We'll see you there.